We've heard from Lincoln Riley. We've heard from Alex Grinch. You've heard from me. What are the fans reacting to Alex Grinch? What are they saying? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and we appreciate your support. I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, become a subscriber. It's free. It's easy. You're going to get us that much closer to 4,000. We're almost there. And when you see that thumbs up, smash it. Like it. Click it. Love it. And I don't want you to miss one episode of Locked on USC. So hit that bell notification button five times a week, Monday through Friday. Folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, if you're checking out the rundown for today's show, I'm going to get to Wednesday's practice report with some notes and quotes in our in our next segment. But first, I want to respond to some of the fans' reactions to what Alex Grinch said uh, from the first couple of ep- first few episodes of this week, uh, Locked on USC. Because look, some of you actually raised some really, really, really good points. And I'd like to comment on them as well. I Look, I can't get to all of them. Uh, there was just way too many. So thank you very much. Bravo, team. Um, but I want to say yesterday's episode specifically uh, brought out the best from my everyday listeners. So, again, job well done. So let's get right into this. From YouTube user Jeep is Junk. By the way, I hope they said that right. And if I did, awesome name. Love it. In all of the 57 years of USC games, the great teams coached by McKay, Robinson, and Carroll, the D always bent but never broke. Adjustments were made. What I see from Grinch, the D slows down when they're up by 21 or more points. They are unable to get their heads back in the game and finish strong. Grinch is easily outcoached. He's got 11 five-star players without a solid plan. He will never dominate. First, um, appreciate the stat blowback there with the 11 five-stars. If you know me, I'm not a stargazer. I get it. I understand that there is some formula correlation out there. Uh, For me, the programs that offer, that's the best way to gauge a player's value. With that said, I do completely and totally get your point. Um, but I think we are, when we're comparing, you know, McKay and, and John Robinson and, and even to a lesser extent, Pete Carroll, we're comparing different eras. That's how fascinating how quickly the college football um, world has changed. So although I do, I, I think it would actually be interesting to see how John McKay would have schemed for his defenses with today's offenses. I'm not, that would have been really interesting. And as far as Pete Carroll, he was married to, uh, 
Monty Kiffin and that cover two, because I remember how frustrated a lot of Trojan fans were watching uh, the defense having to work as hard as they did. So I think in a sense, uh, Lincoln Riley kind of approaches things the same way as Pete Carroll but from an offensive perspective. Uh, he knows, Lincoln Riley knows, that he's he has the best talent on that side of the ball in 98% of the games he's going to play, if not more. Whereas I think Pete viewed it the same way from the defensive perspective. <clears throat> Try and remember that what I just said there, because when I get to the practice report, um, I asked somebody about how much time Lincoln pays attention to defense. I'm going to come back to that a little bit in the show. From YouTube user Herman Yamas, Lamas. Mark, stressed out and defense, question mark? Not really. It's the first game of the season, and we need to allow it to play out. The coaches played 72 players, Mark. 72 players, any team is going to have some broken plays when you don't have cohesiveness overall. I feel that the 72 roster players that played did pretty well. It, it looked a whole lot better than last year's. That's for sure. I think we're going to be fine. We need this team to develop and find its rotations and gel. I completely agree with Herman about the point with playing the 70 plus players, uh, as well as, you know, 43 of whom played at least 10 snaps or more. So that does make cohes uh, you know, cohesiveness and consistency challenging uh, when you're rotating that much. With that said, I do think it kind of feels like a missed opportunity uh, to look better than the team did defensively last year in situations that they struggled with. So just from that point of view, um, I think they, because of they, those breakdowns, it just, it, op, from an optics point of view, I think it hurt. From one of my uh, everyday listeners, viewers, Lloyd Katie, Grinch talks a good game, but it doesn't show up on the field. Maybe he should simplify it a little. Grinch's record speaks for itself, and it's not very impressive. Smart man, Lloyd. No argument. Because Alex, look, he does sound like a, a football coaching Mensa when he talks. Very intelligent. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. I have zero doubt about that. And I think in theory, what he wants to do, it sounds great. But it's a defense that requires almost perfection on every single snap, um, at least from an execution standpoint. You saw what happens if, if a player like Bayer Alexander, you know, gets out of his rush lane, it just opens things up. If, um, you know, if Mason Cobb, um, if he's, if he gets outside of his gap, just, you know, just one or two steps can make a whole difference when you have to chase a quarterback. And I'm just pointing out, you know, veteran players, finger quotes, um, that know that these, these things are really fixable. Just get more comfortable um, in your role with the new defense. And here's the thing. Oh, let's, let's give, you know, partial credit to, uh, to Alex Grinch because he almost admitted 100% that he, you know, he should not have made that call, that cover two call where he had Domani, where he put Damani Jackson in a bad situation at the end of the first half. He, he just hadn't seen enough uh, of that type of play with experience to ask him to do that. The next one, now this one comes from one of my harshest critics. 
If you read any of the comments, you know, you might recognize the name Jordan Belfort. But this, look, this everyday listener, and he does, he listens every day. He's the kind of guy who's going to keep me on my toes. And I like that, that he can, what I really like is that he can take the same energy back with uh, my criticism of his takes that he gives out. I could really appreciate that. With that said, dial it back just a little bit. Anyways, this is what Jordan had to say. Good show today. I totally agree with the first segment. And yes, I rewatched the game several times. And I agree that from a personnel standpoint, we look light years ahead of last year. However, I still think we are too complicated in our scheme and calls. I don't think we're going to reach our full potential until we get a new scheme. And this is where I think Jordan and I are in 100% complete agreement. And I mean, that's really at the root of the problem. The Jimmys and the Joes, they're here now. They, they Lincoln and Alex Grinch and, and the whole coaching staff, they hit the transfer portal. They found their weaknesses and they addressed them. But even Grinch had to begrudge, like I mentioned just a, a moment ago, Grinch had to, you know, kind of begrudgingly admit that, you know, he put he put his players in, in tough situations. And the first game of the year, maybe you're not ready to do those types of exotic things. Work on the base stuff first. This one came from Cecil Cox. If USC's defense continues to resemble last year's defense, then we shouldn't be surprised to see highly rated defensive players go elsewhere because they want to be developed. I would like to think that numerous substitutions didn't allow for cohesion. This was literally my biggest concern from the defensive performance this past Saturday. And I don't know how much we'll get to take away from whatever happens this coming week against Nevada because, look, the Wolfpack are just a really bad offensive team. So when you have players out there that USC is recruiting, like an Aiden Breland, and I think they're still going hard after Kingston Biliamuasa, as well as others, um, who are on the fence about, you know, how USC develops defensive players. But despite that final score and just a handful of bad plays, the optics are what they are. So the lack of cohesion, I think, does play a bigger part if you are an offensive player, um, especially if you play offensive line. So to that point, I, I this is where I think I disagree a little bit. I just think what Grinch, um, when he called for plays that weren't, he called for plays that weren't necessary in that moment or that time. So where we do agree is just sometimes just showing you're better by doing the basic stuff is a great selling point to the freshman. So yeah, you know, rotation does make consistency and cohesion more difficult. But the other side of the coin, if you got freshmen, you know, you got recruits out there that saying, hey, you know what? They play freshmen. Kind of, you know, mock nicks. It's a German thing. Half, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. That type of thing. Now, um, what we really want to get is we, we just hope that the players execute their assignments. I mentioned like Bayer staying in his rush lane, Cobb not trying to do too much. So seeing the freshman play, that's a great selling point. Once all those things come together, um, I think everybody would be happy. I'm going to do more of this fan reaction stuff 
uh, each week. And uh, you don't have to agree with me to have a good point. In fact, I like alternate points of view. So keep it coming. We'll make this a regular part of the show every week. But audience participation, you got to bring it. Talk to me. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and they're going to do it for free. You know, as easy as it is to use LinkedIn to find a job, we've all been there. It's also just as easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. So once you add your job listing, then grab that purple hashtag hiring frame and add it to your own LinkedIn profile. And that's going to spread the word that you're hiring. And LinkedIn provides you these really cool, simple tools, like screening questions. And that makes it really easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and the experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire while you're doing the interview process. Recruiting the right person for your team means a better product. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified camps you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash Lockdown College. That's linkedin.com forward slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, college football season. It's here. This weekend, you're going to have a lot of games to watch, not just USC. And Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Every Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, every Locked On College YouTube channel. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day, like me. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And just to make sure you remember, this Friday, 8.25 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be live on this show. So tune on in. All right. Wednesday's practices. The media gets to go to practice twice a week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, defense, Wednesdays, offense. As far as who we get to talk to, Tuesday, defensive coaches and players, Wednesday, flip the script. On Wednesday, the practice started at a little after 3 o'clock. 3.10 was the scheduled start. And, you know, when I get to practice, I like to get there early. I like to see who's coming out, how they're dressed, yada, yada, yada. The team on Wednesday, shorts and shells. It wasn't as warm as Tuesday. It was still warm, though. So first guys I see coming out, I didn't mention it on yesterday's show. Did you know that USC has a combined seven kickers and punters? And they don't even have a dedicated special teams coach. Just saying. So when Dennis Lynch um, arrived for practice, 
he likes to jump up and tap the uh when you enter through it's called goo gate and that takes you onto the howard jones practice field you're supposed to tap in dennis isn't exactly the tallest person so he always has some sort of little flourish before he jumps and taps apparently he's one of the better dancers on the team according to uh the security who helps escort the team across the street um I mentioned I, I like to see who's coming out together. Christian Roland Wallace and Sia Wright were uh, walking hand in hand like BFFs. Not really hand in hand, but um, they were paired up. And then Damani Jackson and, and Jacoby Covington, they were uh, another couple of DBs coming out together. And it makes you wonder when I'm when I'm hanging out, you know, are those two going to be paired up when they're running the defense? Just things that kind of get the mind thinking what's going on during practice. And had a get to share a smile with our favorite coach, Alex Grinch. Um, when he came out, he, he noticed that uh, he found me sitting in the shade. There's like, I'm talking two square feet of shade available. <laughs> and I found it. That's what happens when you're the first person out there. And so he said, hey, Mark, you found some shade. And I, I swear, I really wanted to respond back. You can't have it all, coach. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I just smiled and said, yep, yeah, it pays to be early. So um, we all know that Lincoln Riley likes to keep a pretty tight ship. And he likes to keep the news information to a minimum. And that includes talking about certain players running with the scout team offense that helps prepare first, second team defense. So I'm just saying, if and when these practice reports come to an abrupt end, I just want you to know it wasn't my fault, okay? I'm not going to talk about what happened. Go back to a previous episode. Go back to yesterday's episode of Locked on USC for the practice report, and you'll know which player I'm referring to. Uh, so, well, you know what? I'm not going to be around. It's already out there. After Tuesday's practice, somebody asked Lincoln Riley right there on the spot uh, why Ray Leak was running on the scout team offense, trying to help prepare the defense. And like I said, I totally get not wanting to give out, you know, give the opponent any type of extra information. But let's be honest. And I don't mean this to be, you know, mean, but I don't think anybody is game planning for Ray League Brown right now. It's, and that's because the wide receiver room is just so incredibly deep. And you have the emergence of Zachariah Branch. So um, just know going forward that when people say, how come you guys aren't asking the tough questions? There are certain things we know we shouldn't ask if we want to still have access to practice. We just have to accept that, folks. On that note, this is what I saw at practice. Um, one of the drills um, that combined the wide receiver group with the defensive backs, they were working on uh, angle pursuits where the defensive back had to, I don't know, it was about a good 10 to 15 yard react, read the play and then make sure you have the, the, the proper angle. On a couple of occasions, uh, Ray Lee, he got the better of the guys and made the secondary just look silly with his moves. So we'll see what that means this week. Um, 
few of the players coming out that were uh, caught my attention for, for these reasons. Jack Sullivan. If you're a wrestling fan and you know the name Ric Flair, he gave out one of those Ric Flair. Woo! He was ready for work. Max Williams, safety. Um, I love it when they when players acknowledge the players who um, who paved the path for them. There's the uh, All American Walk. Max Williams found somebody that uh, he wants to be like and tap that that plaque. And then freshman Marion Peterson. His size is really impressive. I gotta say, um, this 2023 recruiting class, it's gonna pay huge dividends. Big return on investment. A lot of talent is gonna play a lot of downs at USC these next few years. You know, I haven't mentioned um, any of the booming punts from practice. It's been a few minutes. We used to do that all the time when Clay Helton was coaching because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. However, um, Eddie Triplisky, he launched one at practice on Wednesday that had to go on at least 50 yards. And it had a good four plus seconds of hang time before uh, Zachariah Branch brought it in. Perfect spiral off the foot. Quick note on Zachariah Branch. Apparently, he's also been following Odell Beckham forever on social media. Odell Beckham hit him back up. Uh, what happens when you uh, when you become a star at USC? Even all pros like Odell Beckham will find you on social media. Uh, I'm not going to talk about any of the scouts team stuff because we didn't get to see any on Wednesday. However, uh, what we did see same uh, same groupings on defense, first team, second team. You want those names? Check out yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. Good reason if you missed it. Lots of competition at the rush end. So uh, I'm curious to see this week's depth chart. I anticipate a couple of oars between names. One of the drills I saw was Coach Manning. He was working with hand placement. Uh, the technique was make sure you had your hands inside the shoulder pads. And it was a violent type of technique. It wasn't just get your hands inside. He wanted you to lift the opponent off the ground and move them away from where you wanted to go. Loved it. Uh, anytime you're lifting another guy off his feet, I like that type of violence. Speaking of violence, Sean Nua and the defensive lineman, they were going, I swear, they are going to have to replace the three-man sled by the end of the season. I don't think it's going to make it all the way through. Um, Two-hand punches. Boom. And this, this was going on for a while. Um, each rotation had to do it at least five times where they were launching from their knees to get the uh to get the power and then at the the last uh on the last repetition they literally they they take the three-man sled and they just ragdoll it to the left or the right so the next group has to stand it back up to so they can go through the rotation funny moment and i really hope coach uh brian odom doesn't hold any grudges because during one of the linebacking drills, <laughs> um, Rajon Davis, he planted uh, Coach Odom on his backside. It was a tackle drill, and I think Odom was a little bit off balance when Rajon hit him. But yeah, uh, Ryan Odom hit his butt. It's all right. It's good stuff. I, don't, I, I saw a smile. <laughs> and then, again, Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator. 
but Lincoln Riley is the head coach. I talked about this in the previous segment. Um, I was told, I asked somebody, a source who gets to watch all of the practice, how much time Lincoln Riley spends between defense and offense. And that he he spends pretty much an equal amount of time bouncing back and forth between the offense and the defense when the guys are going through their 11 on 11 periods. So just to let you know, Lincoln Riley is involved with the defense. I asked uh, Coach Henson after practice. Um, you know, I didn't. He, I, I did ask him a question, but one of the first questions he was asked was if he'd had a, if he has a better idea who the starting five will be. And I kind of get the impression that he's an old school boxing fan because he was describing the competition like a 15 round uh, championship prize fight, and they're in the 13th round. He said. Quote, I'm waiting for somebody to quit throwing body blows and throw some knockout punches. He's looking for somebody to say, it's mine. Game over. Uh, there was a, a really cool sentimental moment when Gino Quinones talked with the media. Uh, he had his first start at the Coliseum uh, last week, and his family was in the stands. Gino has not been back home to Hawaii in over a year and a half. And he was talking about how he's his biggest critic. And he's never satisfied despite he, you know, the film showing he had a really good game. And then his dad is his biggest critic. And even when he gives a compliment, you know, John, you know Gino's going to come back with, no, 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 I need to work on this. Well, when he started talking about his dad and his family, he got emotional. And you could see he was getting choked up. So it was a really nice moment. And uh, you, you can just tell that. There's a strong family bond between him and uh, obviously his family, but his hundreds of cousins that he met up in Alaska too. Go check out the video of the interview. It was a fun, fun interview. And then I asked Miller Moss, um, by the way, he has more rushing touchdowns than Caleb right now. So I asked him uh, if he calls his own number on that rushing touchdown. He laughed and said, no, it was a design play. It was a designed if he read the if he read the play, it was a, it was a designed pull for him to take it in. So there he is. Quick snapshot of practice. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the show here, so I got to move on into our next segment, yay or nay. But again, um, team is getting ready for Nevada this Saturday, and uh, I'll have some more from practice on tomorrow's episode. But I had to kind of rush through it on this one. All right, you see here, getting into the third segment. We did this last week, and we're going to continue to do it. Eat every Thursday before USC plays their, their game on that weekend, I'm going to offer up some yay or nay type of game predictions. With you know, And I'm going to add a little bit of a different view and a unique take to it. So, you know, the fans, it fans keep score. Tell me how well I did. Now, um, this week. The Trojans are going to hold Nevada below 21 points for the game. Yay. Okay. If you remember last week, uh, in the in the in last week's ERNA, um, I predicted that USC's defense would not be able to hold the Spartans below 20 points. However, my final score prediction was 63 to 23. So that 56 to 28 final result is actually much closer to what I predicted. And it probably would have been a lot closer 
uh, if it wasn't for a couple of questionable calls, self-inflicted wounds, so to speak. Again, that's what happens when one or two plays don't go as planned. Now, in 2022, the Wolfpack averaged just 18, just under 19 points per game, 18.8 per game. And that was their second fewest in their 31 seasons at the FBS level. They also ranked in the bottom 10 of the nation with pass efficiency, and they were in the bottom 15 in rushing yards per attempt. I mean, look, they're just a bad offensive team, and I don't think they got that much better, even with some players coming over from Power 5 programs from Oregon, John Jackson from USC. I'm so confident USC's defense in USC's defense that even Lincoln Riley, if he chooses to play the, the, the entire roster again, Look, unless the Wolfpack's offense has gotten better than Alex Grinch's defense during the offseason, I think USC is going to pass the test this week. The Trojans' defense will produce at least two turnovers. Yay. One of the defense's strengths last year was leading the country in takeaways. Well, after practice uh, during this week, Jamil Muhammad talked about the differences between a turnover and the extra opportunities they create for USC's offense. But, you know, Mason Cobb, he was talking about how they want to get the defense off the field as quickly as possible by getting a bunch of three and outs. They did that on Saturday against San Jose State. <coughs> what they didn't do, though, was create any turnovers. So imagine how much better Alex Grinch's scheme will look when both of those postulates kind of come together going to happen this game. I mean, USC's defense, they ate the turnover bagel against San Jose State, so I think they're going to get at least two this game. Caleb Williams will have another four-touchdown game performance. Yay! This is what I said last week. Caleb Williams will throw four for four touchdowns and pass for over 250 yards. Yay! And I believe Superman will accomplish that feat in the first half of the game. Again, that's what I said last week. So I was half right. So, and if this was a parlay card, I lost. Hopefully, Caleb only has to play the first half of the game this time. And that way, I think Miller Moss can play even more in the second half. And that will give even Malachi Nelson some better opportunities to play down the stretch where it's not the last two or three minutes of the game. Uh, so, I do think this time, I think Caleb gets his four touchdowns in the first half. I'm confident. He's been talking about uh, consistency this week and how he needs to be more consistent. He's got a certain edge to him. I, I think, look, Caleb, he threw for 72% completion last week, 18 for 25, 278 yards, four, four touchdowns. It took him through the up until the 11-minute mark of the fourth quarter. It won't take them that. It won't take them that long in this game. John Jackson the third will get a touchdown at the Coliseum. Yay! I hope so, man. He's just one of my personal all-time favorites, and I know knowing that his dad is up there in the press box, wouldn't that be just some sweet irony? He never had that opportunity to make it. You know, have that touchdown grab wearing the cardinal and gold. In his career, he had four catches for 39 yards as a Trojan. I want to see him do that in the first half. 
that would just that would make my day. I don't care if it blows up my uh, yay or nay on, as far as the defense is concerned. If Nevada scores 21 points and it's because of John Jackson, it's a win-win. Last one, the Trojans will record at least four sacks by the defense. Yay. Last, last year, Nevada, they gave up over two per game. And look, with all the shade the defense has been, took for, uh, even with for a pretty good performance, considering everything that, that went on, took place in the game, with all the player rotations, a few of the poorly executed plays and play calls, 56 to, 20, 56 to 28 still happened, guys. So, um, yeah, USC still had room for improvement. Get a couple of turnovers, get four sacks. That's all we. That's not all we need, but that'll show signs of improvement from the defense, as well as what we're what we're looking for. Keep tackling. We just want to get better each game because the longer it goes, the better we get. Right. That's the team motto. I'm going to be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because that's what we do five times a week. We'll have the Friday rant, and I'll find some other cool nuggets to talk about. So until tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do. <laughs>